Good morning. This is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Mark Gall. Pastor Mark Gall is the senior pastor at Washington Avenue Baptist Church. They meet on Sunday mornings for Sunday school at 915. Worship Sunday morning begins at 1030, and then again on Sunday evenings, they meet at 6 p.m. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, this is a wonderful opportunity. I'm so glad to be here today. It's a whole lot of fun, too. Yes, absolutely. Now, I was reading a little bit about you before uh, before you came on the show today, uh-huh. and you're a Tennessee Tech graduate, is that I'm right? A Tennessee Tech graduate. I graduated in 1984 with yeah. a business degree. And wings then, up. Wings up. Absolutely. <laughs> Tennessee Tech is wonderful. Yes. It's a hidden gem, isn't it? It is a hidden gem, and uh, you know a lot of people uh, that I talk to. I talk to people from different you know walks of life, and uh, and when I'm out of state and so forth, talk about Tennessee Tech, and you'd be surprised at the number of people that do know of Tennessee Tech who drive by I-40, and so I always speak well of the university. Oh, absolutely. We're fortunate to have tech. We are blessed beyond measure, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, listeners, you cannot see this, but he does happen to be wearing his Tennessee Tech <laughs> uh, purple golf shirt this yes, morning. Yes, So, uh, yeah, you're supporting the alma mater there. Uh, absolutely. Did absolutely. you grow up in this area, Mark? You know, I grew up in this area, and um, I, I was here. I grew up, I was born in 1960. And so I seen Cookwell. I remember my mother taking me shopping. The only shopping that we had here in Cookwell was on Broad Street. Oh wow! Really, I mean, there? the main shopping. Well, you had uh, Bob's um, uh, shop for uh, suits and clothing. I my mom taking me in there. McAdoo's was a place she would love to go into. What's McAdoo's? Uh, McAdoo's just was uh, it was just a uh, clothing store for men and women. Uh, Cowan, I think it, well, I can't remember the name of it. There was another place there, uh, where the church is now, uh, on broad. And, um, uh, that was a clothing place and Princess Theater was uh, where the, the bank is now okay. there, Princess Theater. I used to go and watch movies there all the time. So I would wow. watch that matinee movies while my mom went shopping. But she would take me to shop for shoes and so forth uh, for what I needed. And then, But uh, it was I remember that so oh, well. Fine. So Cookwell, I've seen it grow tremendously. I can remember when uh, Jefferson Avenue stopped uh, there uh, where First Tennessee Bank is at right now. Yeah. That was Gravel Road from that point on. Wow. And I remember that as a kid. So I've just seen a lot of tremendous growth here in Cookville. You've seen a boom, haven't you? I have seen a boom. It's been tremendous. I mean, I I remember us going to Nashville, you know, our family going to Nashville to eat or uh, to shop, you know, because you didn't have much any places or, you know, big name shopping here. And when I was growing up, but uh, later on in life, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been unbelievable. Did you go to Opryland as a kid? Went to Opryland. I love Opryland. You did? Used to go yeah. uh, there, and I thought it was tremendous. In fact, we took our little boy, Paul, and uh, we took him, and uh, then they closed it down. So yeah. we were get season tickets, but they closed it down. But Opryland was wonderful when they had it open. Did you yeah. like the rides? I love the rides. Are you a roller coaster Wallbash person? Cannonball. 
I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. used to. But, you know, now uh, we go to, well, when kids are growing up going to Florida, we went to Disney World a lot and used to ride a lot of rides. But now, as I got older, I can't hardly ride the roller coasters anymore. I mean, I just get nearly sick. I mean, yeah. age does that, I guess. It does. It's something <laughs> about the crystals in our ears, I think it? so. I think yeah. so. The roller, st- the roller coaster stops spinning, but somehow we do not. We continue on, it's right? It's so weird. We just went to Florida Universal Studios. Mm. We got on the Hulk. How they said they that? said we'll get on the Hulk, and I tell you, after the whole day, I, I was like you were saying, my head was spinning from the Hulk. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, do your kids do they enjoy that sort of thing? They love it. And they love you it. mentioned Paul. You also have a daughter. Sarah. I have a daughter, right? Sarah. Yeah. Wonderful, and both of them. Well, Paul graduated from Tech, and he's working oh, okay. with my father in real estate, and Wonderful. then my uh, my daughter Sarah, and she's in marketing at Tech. Excellent. And both of them are wonderful, wonderful children. So are you an empty nester? We are pretty well a bunch yeah, of empty nesters. And your wife nesters. is Sherry. We Sherry, want to Sherry. Sherry. And she worked, of course, she's alum, too, of Tennessee Tech. And she worked there for about 10 years, athletic department. Wow. And uh, so, yeah. But she works with me a lot in the church, does a children's ministry, does a tremendous job, loves yeah. children. And so got a wonderful wife as well. God's so, blessed me. What do you and Sherry do for fun uh, since Paul and Sarah are grown up? You know, um, uh, just different things. You know, a lot of our activity is church life. Yeah. We do a lot of church life. And we do trips together. We just went on a trip to Israel together, which I love. Nice. And she went with me. We went for 10 days. And it was it was tremendous. So, we, you know, I like to travel. I think she likes to travel as well. So I think um, as time goes on, we'll be doing more traveling together and things of that nature. Um, uh, I like to go to Romania on mission trips, wow. India. Uh, my goal is to get to China one day. We had a couple just uh, started ministry in Chad, Africa, are going to be here in a few months, and I want to go there as well. So I yeah. hope she'll be traveling with me. I'm sure uh, she has her passport extent. ready. Well, hopefully she does. You know, <laughs> they don't have the conveniences sometimes in India and, and other places that we have. You'll have to get yeah, accustomed sure. to that. But uh, I do love to travel and walking and reading and things of that and just spending time together. Yeah. You mentioned the movies. Have you seen a movie lately? I have seen, you know what I saw? Tell me. Toy Story 4. Oh, <laughs> you are very brave. I, but you know. It was good. Did you cry? My son went with me. See that? I get all the feels when I watch those Toy yeah. Story movies. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we liked it. It, it. it was good. And my, I think my son liked it, too. Yeah. Uh, we usually go see Avengers. You know, we like the yeah. the Avenger movies. Like That's that what too. we go. And I like movies. So we go see that. Now, my wife, she hallmarks. She loves the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. Channel and, as well she should. And the, and the romantic movies. So I'm yes. not much into that. Okay. So I'm not a Hallmark guy. But <laughs> she she loves it. So, anyways, yeah. we have our differences on that. But that's funny. I think that's pretty much yeah. accepted across the board. Yeah. yeah. I'm Dana You're listening to the calling, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to the calling. We're here this morning with Mark Gaw, who is the pastor at Washington Avenue Baptist Church. And Mark, before the break, you were telling us that you grew up locally mm-hmm. uh, in town. You enjoyed shopping with your with your folks in yep. uh, downtown Cookville, and you mentioned that your dad was in real estate. Yes. So, how does uh, a young boy 
mm-hmm. who grew up in Cookville with a dad in real estate, yeah. find himself discerning a call to ministry. Sure, absolutely. You know, uh, I found out this a few years ago. Uh, my father, when I was born in a few months later, or maybe even a year later, he held me up in, in a prayer to kind of commit me to ministry. I didn't know that till a few years ago. Wow. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's amazing. That's, that, that's amazing. So uh, I went through Tennessee Tech uh, four years, and I was working in the church. And, you know, uh, I had an opportunity to be in business, of course, with my father. That would be a natural thing, a flow for me to go into that and kind of take over the family business. But, you know, I just was not, it just didn't fulfill me. It just, it wasn't my passion. So I was working in church, and I was I was leading music, doing other things, and I really enjoyed that. So I went to Cumberland University and got a associate's degree. I got a connection there, associate's degree in music there which I really enjoyed. And so um, there was an opportunity in the church. In fact, I had an op- another opportunity. I had um, applied for Southwestern Seminary mm-hmm. in Dallas. I went to the, the there and checked out the campus was, you know, and so forth. But, you know, I had so much school I, and I had this open door to, for ministry in my home church, which is really unusual. But so I took that full-time position, associate pastor in music. The more I did it, the more I loved it. It was wonderful. I did that for 11 years, and I knew during that process what God was doing was preparing me to be a preacher. Because what was happening, the music was becoming less of a passion, and the Word of God was becoming more of a passion. I would have my quiet times. You want to do it at a quiet time? I would I would try to do three points in a sermon. (laughs) How many people do that in a quiet time? So God was working on me. In fact, several years before that, I had done a a, uh, youth uh, revival type thing, and I preached one night. I was scared to death. Mm -hmm. I maybe spoke 10 minutes at the most. Well, people come down and made decisions and so forth. So I think that was initially God showing me he had a special calling on my life. So uh, the pastor of the church that I uh, was under 11 years under him, Dr. Bob Ward, I was under his ministry. And uh, so he went into Romania, missions in Romania. And so the church looking, was looking for a pastor. And I knew God was working in my heart. But I, and so they were, they were interviewing pastors and so forth. But it seemed like a door. This was not uh, doors closed. And finally, I said to myself, I said, Lord, if you really want me to be the pastor here, you're going to have to open the door. Well, I'm 20 years later, and I'm become the pastor of that church. Wow! And God opened the door, and and uh, and He's just done tremendous things. And I think the 11 years I was under that season, pastor right. was preparing me to be the pastor. And I learned about 100 years ago that's what they would do. They would take young pastors or young men who were thinking about going to the ministry and put them under seasoned pastors, teaching them how to deal with situations, how to prepare sermons and, and, and all these things. And uh, I think that's got what God was doing in my life. And I I'm taking some seminary extension courses right now, but a lot of my seminary, if you will, was the practical for me mm-hmm. was the practical with another God called man, but it's the passion. God, I mean, just the passion for men. I love ministry. I love people. I love to preach. I love people. And that's the calling. It's passion. Is there a part of ministry that's especially challenging? Um, a part of the ministry that is challenging is um, maybe just not seeing people grow in their faith that I love to see them grow in their faith 
and have a passion right. for, you know, uh, the, for serving Christ. I guess that, that that's the part. But the most rewarding part is investing in people's life and touching people in different areas of their life when they go, through, you know, marriage, when they have a child or when they have a passing of a loved one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be a part of all of that. You know what I have found in ministry? They may not remember many of your sermons, but they'll remember even 20 years ago you were there at the funeral. You were there at the hospital. In fact, I had a person the other day tell me that. Quite honestly, I had forgotten because I go so much. I said, I'd never forget you were there at the surgery. Wow. So that's what they remember. So that I mean that to be in people's you know lives and those special points in their lives is a tremendous thing. To be a part of that. How do you balance uh, personal life with with clergy life? Yeah, great question. Let me say something, and I haven't told you this. I experienced about uh, eight years ago depression, it's and the real. reason it's yeah. re- and even for pastors, I researched yes. this. Pastors go through this, and the reason I did, I was, I was, I was, you know, going full blast, trying to do everything, and it just caught up with me. And so what I try to do, I'm trying to delegate. I try to delegate a lot of things in ministry that I can to my staff and to my deacons and other people. And so I try to, two emphasis I want to make is preaching in people, preaching as far as preaching the word of God and ministering to people in a certain level and being, you know, helping people. And, and there's some, some ways I can't minister to them. For instance, I used to visit all the shut-ins all the time. Wow. I had to cut that out. Yeah. Because it was just too much. So I have to, you know, deal with people in certain areas of ministry. I want to continue to be in contact and love them and so forth. But I have to limit some of that and delegate a lot of it. So that's what I did. Right. It helped me out through that time. And my guess is you have a good team, too. I have a real good team and uh, I have a good team of staff and I have a good team of laymen and deacons and people who help me and delegate out. You know, one thing about a leader, I think this, a leader is to equip other people. So if there ever comes a day that I leave, you know, God calls me away, that church, Washington Avenue, should still go forward. She'll still be ministering to people, not decrease, but continue to increase because you have the leadership there. So I think part of my job is equipping leaders. Yeah. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling. Our guest this morning is Pastor Mark Gall from Washington Avenue Baptist Church. And Mark would like to share a motivational moment. Dana, thank you so much. You know, one thing that I wanted to share briefly here with you uh, this morning was about forgiveness. Because, you know, as a pastor, I've seen over the years that really people, a lot of folks just have an issue with unforgiveness. It's a big issue in people's lives, whether it's in a marriage whether it's in a job conflict or broken friendship, or even in church, we see unforgiveness can be an issue. But let me say this to you uh, this morning. Let forgiveness be an essential in your life. And why do I say that? Because forgiveness frees you from the prison of bitterness. Uh, Forgiveness, it, it releases you from carrying a hurt that may be burdening you down. Uh, because, you know, unforgiveness can infuse venom in your words. Uh, it can give you a critical spirit, unthankful spirit, if you will. And then you know what the word forgiveness means? It means to release. You release someone. To forgive another is to, to release them and also to lift that hurt from your life. 
Now, let me say something about forgiveness. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. Forgiveness is instant, but you have to rebuild that trust in other people's lives. But let me say this. If you build something in your life, please build into your life. Forgiveness is essential. And forgiveness, forgive freely. When, when forgiveness happens, somebody pays when forgiveness occurs. To forgive our sins, it costs Christ his life, shedding his blood for our sins. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, and I love this, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. You see, Christ paid a tremendous heavy price that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. And sometimes people are say, well, I'll forgive them, but I'm first going to make that person pay for what they've done for me. Well, we're to forgive freely. If someone has offended you, you know what you need to do? You need to try to go to reconcile with them. If that person that's offended you will not repent, will not turn, then you distort forgiveness until the breach can be resolved. Forgive freely. Remember, forgiveness is essential in your life. And the ultimate forgiveness is when we come to Christ for his wonderful forgiveness of sin. For to forgive means to let go. Don't hold, hold on, don't hold on to that offense against them. Don't try to get your pound of flesh. Forgive freely. And you know what it does? It releases you from the prison of bitterness. I want to share with you just a moment. An illustration, I think, that illustrates this so well. There's a lady named Corrie Ten Boom hid Jews in Holland from Hitler's stormtroopers. As a result, excuse me, she found herself in a Nazi concentration camp. Her and her sister suffered unthinkable brutalities. She survived, and later she came to know Christ in her life and his forgiveness of sins in her life. In 1947, Corey was in West Germany. You know what she's speaking on? She was speaking on forgiveness. A man in the audience had been a prison guard in the camp where she'd be imprisoned. And she had been saved and God had convicted him, or he had been saved rather, and God had convicted him of his need to ask for forgiveness from Corey. Now, he was the man that abused her, coming with a hand extended, asking for forgiveness. Corrie Boom said she froze. She did not have the power to forgive this man. How she could, because she'd forgive him. You know what she did? She breathed a prayer, asking God to help her to forgive. And she put her hand in his hand. You know what she said? It was like liquid love. That hurt was lifted from her. That bitterness that she carried in her heart had been lifted. And God gave her the grace to forgive this man. God, through Corey, forgave this man. You know, when you forgive, my friend, you know what happens? It releases you from the prison of bitterness. It takes that burden off your heart. It brings renewal in your life because you're getting right with God and with others. Our relationships at home, with our friends, and even at church would change when we display a forgiving spirit. And thank God for Jesus, who gives us the ultimate forgiveness, and through him we can forgive others. So I pray for you this morning that you know Christ in your life. You'll come receive him as Savior and Lord of your life. 
and receive the ultimate forgiveness and that you will have a spirit of forgiveness in your life. What a beautiful devotional, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. I love that visual of liquid love. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that just it, it's, it's It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, if you can have that conviction in your life that forgiveness is essential in your life to forgive others, it frees you from a lot of things. Because I think a lot of people are carrying some bitterness in their lives and hurt in their life because they cannot release it. Forgiveness means to release. When you forgive, you're helping yourself more than anybody else. We have to be able to forgive when the apology never comes. Even when the apology never comes, we have to have a spirit of forgiveness. And I have learned that in my life, and I try to teach it to our parishioners and other people. And of course, the other ultimate forgiveness is through Christ. He's forgiven us. How can we not forgive others? You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. We're back with The Calling. We have with us this morning Mark Gaw, who's the senior pastor at Washington Avenue Baptist Church. And Mark, I think this is my favorite segment of this show because I get to ask folks a few fun questions that most people don't typically ask of their pastors. Right. Um, so you get you get an option. Okay. We'll ask about five questions. Okay. And then you can either pass or Plead the fifth. Okay. All right. Does that sound good? That sounds great. All right. Excellent. We don't want anything incriminating. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Mark, tell me what are what are your some of your favorite dance moves? Would you be like a macarena guy, a floss guy, or like would you take the get up challenge? Macarena guy, I guess. That's what I would be. Did you rock the Macarena back in the day? You know, I did some. <laughs> really? You and you and Miss Sherry doing the Macarena? Uh, well, yeah, but uh, I I used to take my daughter to the the daughter date night at uh, oh, here in big. town. Yeah, and we would do that together. <laughs> oh, how fun! Yeah. Sarah, now is Sarah married? No, Sarah's not married. So you could do the macarena. I could still do the daughter date night. Yeah, Yeah, we did that. And when she was little, we don't go to the daughter date night, uh, you know, anymore. But uh, yeah, when she was little, yeah. But we used to do that some. We enjoyed that. Our wedding reception, if she chooses. Yeah, absolutely. Be memories. Yeah, the macarena. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Okay, uh, when is the last time, Mark, that? Mm -hmm. You have lost your temper. The last time I lost my temper. Well, that's a good, good question. Hmm. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if I lose my temper as much as I get frustrated. I mean, you know, when I get frustrated, tell me the most thing. And that, that's why I have to really confess this is traffic. Uh, when uh. people, when I'm. <laughs> I, the thing that frustrates me the most is when people are behind me and get right on the back of me mm-hmm. in my car. I mean, that's just a thing with me. Most mm-hmm. people it may not be. Do you hit the brakes? Tell them, like, hey, Well, I, I, you know, I wish I had a sign that says <laughs> back off, a digital sign. Back <laughs> and, off. Uh, the Lord bless you. Would you please don't back <laughs> off? 
I don't know why that is a pet peeve with me. Yeah, because it always has been. If you have to break something. Well, it's like they're pressuring me to go down the highway or go down the street. And I shouldn't be that way, but that gets at the biggest frustration Mm -hmm. I have. I'm not, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. And so I don't, you know, I don't really get you know, blustery, angry or whatever. I can't remember that, but I get flustered. And I think that's one thing that flusters mm-hmm. me. Do you talk to them when you're driving? Down the street? Yeah. I have like, to talk hey, with him and then back. I have to pray to the Lord for them too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, I don't know. That's one frustration I have. And then and, they pass uh, you up and it's one of Then they pass me up like, and hey, yeah. And some people pass you up and then they have a few choice words. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And I say, bless you, my child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, pastors are people, too. We are people we are just people like anybody too. else. And, and we have to deal with issues just like anybody else. Yeah. Okay, so I'm interested. You mentioned that you like the Avengers. That's your movie kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. Do you have a favorite superhero? Um, who is the one with the shield? Uh, Mr. America. Um, Captain America. Captain America. Captain. I like Captain America. Okay. I like Captain America. I like him, and he's pretty neat. Iron Man's pretty good too. Iron Man's cool. Iron Man's pretty good. Of course, Very in cool. the last movie, he he's yeah. no longer. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace, but Iron uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I guess find a way to bring him back. Oh yeah, they, they probably will. They, they probably to. will. They yeah. probably will. But I guess Captain America, kind of like. Okay. Kind of like that to get him. If you had a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. You know, I guess if I had a superpower, is to be fearless. <gasps> yes. To be to courageous and fearless. You would be Captain Fearless. Captain Fearless. You know what? That's what I pray for, that I would have not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of courage. And, you know, yeah. You know, I think in life, people would do a lot of things if they weren't afraid they would fail. Yeah, it's scary. You think about it. Yeah. I think there's dreams that people have, and they will not pursue those dreams because they're afraid to fail. And uh, I think fear holds a lot back a lot of people. It's crippling sometimes. It really is. And so I pray that I'll have a, a courageous spirit in the Lord. That's That's always been my prayer. So Captain Fearless, I guess. I love it. In Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Captain Fearless it. in Jesus. I love it. Um, okay, so what is one food that you could never eat? You know, I like all foods. Um, all foods? Brussels sprouts? I'll eat Brussels sprouts. I, a tofu, I guess I could not eat that. Tofu. Does that count as food? I don't, really I don't know. know. What it is. Yeah. What is tofu? I don't know, but it's... It, I think it's deadly. <laughs> I'm with you. No, I, I, I've smelled of that and seen people. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's just gross. I mean, I, I don't think I could. And I can eat most anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a picky eater at all. You but I don't think a soy I, burger instead of a hamburger. Oh, absolutely. I do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. I, you know, I go to India and I, you know, when you go to mission trips, you have to you eat most anything that's there. You, mm-hmm. you don't ask questions yeah. of what it is. You don't want to <laughs> Yeah. You don't ask questions of what it is, but you don't want to offend people. So I'll eat most anything. But tofu, you know, um, I've been around that some. I don't think I could I could eat that, but but I don't know. Okay, I've never... so it begs the question, like we're going to make this a two-part question. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. So what's the weirdest thing you've eaten on a mission trip? The weirdest thing I've eaten yeah. on a mission trip. Is it like a survivor where, you know, you had um, something really bizarre? You know, I haven't... Um, 
there is uh, sometimes fish are <laughs> that have been in not a clean pond or lake right. that have consumed a lot of um, toxins. Um, that would be probably, so I don't, if they ask me if I want fish, I said, don't feed me chicken. <laughs> Cause again, you don't know where the fish have come from. Right. And so that, that, that is one, you know, I, they've, now I've heard of missionaries, uh, you know, of course I, you know, I don't want to cast aspersion on anything, but cats or dogs or something and and and, and i've heard of that or do- dogs really more like not, not cats right. but dogs uh which i wouldn't condone that at all but but i've heard of that i've yeah. never i've never been yeah uh, but people have that. different customs in different countries yes what they eat, yeah absolutely like we eat certain things here mm-hmm. that are not accepted mm-hmm. in other countries. Mm-hmm. i had once had a french exchange student and i asked her what sorts of foods she liked and she said i like everything except really i don't like squirrel and yeah. I, I said you know that's not going to be a problem <laughs> <laughs> i gotcha okay last joke pastor mark god yes tell us the or last question, I'm leading into my question. Tell us the best joke you know. The best joke I know. Well, I'm not a joke teller as much. Huh. Um, one I know when, you know, two or more Baptists come together, <laughs> a chicken has to die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was funny before you even got to the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> so I say that once in a while. You know, in our church, uh, we have meals. Of course, Baptists, we eat all the time. And we have, you know, I, I told our person that's over our kitchen, I said, well, let's try some different meats. Let's try ham or something differently. And we've done that. And the people just kind of pass over it. We have fried chicken about every, mm. every meal. You can't go wrong they with love fried it. chicken, man. They love it. Do you remember back in the day when we fried chicken and lard? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. That's some good fried chicken. Did you know those people that we did that, people did that years ago? I mean, they didn't seem like that they had heart disease. I mean, like we have today. I think they worked that lard out of their system, right? Yeah. You know? But listen, I think it's worth all the Crestor you can take. Yeah. (laughs) Eat the fried chicken, you know, fried in Crisco and just chase it with a little Crestor, Lipitor, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember in grocery stores, they would have these... I mean, big cans of lard that yeah. people would buy. Oh, yeah. I mean, people would cook with lard all the time. I mean, there's no way people do that now. Those I mean, my wife would. Days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my wife would not do that at all. Those were the good old days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. For well, this being has here been today. wonderful. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us and discussing your ministry yes. with Washington Avenue Baptist Church and telling us about your calling. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Calling. Each week, we will introduce you to members of our community who have followed their call to serve. I'm Denna Hornby, and this is The Calling.